I'm Reverend Emily Freeman Penfield, pastor of Woodlawn United Methodist Church in Birmingham. For this podcast, I want to share some thoughts about what is known as the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. This prayer is an important part of the faith life of many people I know, and I would guess people you know too. It's a prayer that has been reached for and used by many, even those outside the Christian faith. For the people in my life who have been a part of Alcoholics Anonymous, or AA, this prayer has been a lifeline. Before I go into that more, I want to talk about the prayer's beginnings, which has a bit of mystery to it. The prayer is attributed to Reinhold Niebuhr, who was a pastor, theologian, author, and for about 30 years, professor at Union Theological Seminary. Many say that he was one of the most influential American Protestant voices in the 20th century. The first written version of the Serenity Prayer is found in the 1932 diary of Winifred Weigel, who was a pupil and collaborator with Niebuhr. She writes the prayer, quoting it and attributing it to Niebuhr. A few people believe that Winifred may have actually written the prayer as it was created in some of her studies and conversations with Niebuhr, but because of sexism, women's writings not going very far at that time, or just Niebuhr's importance, it's been attributed to him. A longer version of this prayer, sometimes called a poem, was penned by Niebuhr for a 1943 sermon, and I'll read that version at the end of this podcast. These thoughts together of serenity, acceptance, courage, and wisdom certainly predate Niebuhr's teachings. I mean, we find it in some of the thoughts of the ancient Greeks like Epictetus. We also see it in some Buddhist and Jewish writings. And of course, its themes are the same as some of Jesus's teachings like the Sermon on the Mount and a few of the parables. The shorter version of the prayer was found by a member of AA in an obituary, interestingly enough, and shared with others in the organization. Bill W., one of the founders of AA, said, Never had we seen so much AA in so few words. As I said before, it's widely used in AA groups and by members, and its landing words are crucial in alcohol, drug, and other kinds of recovery. I want to briefly go through these, and as I do, maybe you want to think about how these are needs, desires, or gifts of the Spirit you have communicated to God about. First, serenity. God grant me the serenity, the peace, the state of being calm or non-anxious, Prayer often invites us to slow down, and so asking for serenity as the first step certainly makes sense. Sometimes we can't slow down to consider or receive the other parts of this prayer until we have asked for and acknowledged the need for a state of peace. 
The second is acceptance. To accept the things I cannot change. A meaningful reading for me about acceptance comes from Diana Hayes, who's a womanist theologian. She, in this reading, describes how Black women in her life have relied on God to help carry their suffering. And she draws on her upbringing in the African-American Episcopal Zion Church, in which seemingly impossible difficulties are sustained with God's help. She writes, The mothers of the Black church, those elderly women who have worked hard all of their lives, often with so little reward, have a way of saying, Whenever something goes wrong or someone is burdened more than they feel they can bear, you just have to let go and let God. As a child, I would look at these strong black women who I knew had been through so much in their lives and who were still going through difficult times and wonder what they meant. They had experienced both the joys and the sorrows that human life has to bring, yet they could, when necessary, simply let go and let God. They could let go of the pain of losing a child through illness or misfortune or of watching another child or their husband slowly give up hope of getting a meaningful job, of having something tangible to produce at the end of the day. They could let go of the racism that confronted them at every turn. They could let God carry those sorrows for a while. God did not take over the pain, the frustration, or the anger. It was still there, but they could rest their burdens with the Lord for just a little while until they found the strength to take it up and carry it again. Some would say they were passive, but they would be wrong. End of quote. Accepting what you cannot change isn't passive work. I would also relate the welcoming prayer as helpful in acceptance. Denise Mullaney did a wonderful podcast in this series on the welcoming prayer a few months ago that I would recommend. It gives us a contemplative way to receive even the bad feelings and hardships of life. Moving on to the third landing word, courage. The courage to change the things I can. Some people choose to focus on this phrase as they look to God for transformation and change in their lives. Change is often uncomfortable in the least and many times painful. It also may direct us to the unknown. So we ask for courage as we trust God to move in new ways. I think about those going through the 12 steps of AA and the work they do in their recovery. Humility is demanded in these steps, like being truthful with yourself and others, apologizing to those you have hurt. For some people, courage is needed in order to be vulnerable in these ways. Trusting that God is walking with us is one way I understand God providing that courage in those hard times of transition and change. I've also read activists focusing on this part of the prayer, encouraging social change, showing us that we may feel helpless, but with courage from God, we can come together to make the world more in line with the reign of God. Then the last part of the prayer, 
and the wisdom to know the difference. The difference between what I can change and what I can't. What is within my control and what is not. This wisdom or discernment comes most readily when we pay attention and listen for it. God may give us a word, a vision, a message through scripture or through someone else. God can use our instincts and feelings and past experiences in this too. But surely the serenity, the state of calm or peace is a necessary foundation as we listen and receive guidance for wisdom and discernment. If we cannot give ourselves or receive from God a bit of quiet or a moment of deep breaths, our actions and decisions may be hurried, rushed, not thought through, and perhaps not thoughtful. In dealing with an addiction or destructive behavior, we can turn to the things that satisfy us quickly, numb our pain, or get rid of that which is pulling us. Just the minute or so it takes for someone to stop and pray the serenity prayer could be enough space for light to get in and illuminate their darkness, still their anxiety, or bring healing to a wound. Memorized prayers or psalms are an important part of our liturgy, like the Lord's Prayer or Psalm 121 that we take into our daily lives. The serenity prayer is a great example of this, using it when we are in need of God's serenity and gifts. I want to end with praying the longer version of this prayer, which Niebuhr used in a 1943 sermon. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace, taking, as he did, the sinful world, as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make things right if I surrender to his will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever and ever in the next. Amen.